Okay, Nastasia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, why don't you maybe let the listeners know a little bit about your background and who you are? Okay, um, well, first, thank you so much for having me. Um, I consider myself to be a sculptural fiber artist, which I can touch on uh, in a little bit. Um, but I grew up for most of my childhood in Virginia Beach. Um, I like to say I've been an artist since I popped out, which <laughs> is probably ridiculous, but my mom used to be an artist, uh, so that was my introduction into like art outside of my coloring book, was seeing her portfolio. Um, so they've, my parents kind of picked up on my interest in art at a very young age and kind of like were very good at nurturing and grooming that and like letting me blossom in my own way as an artist as opposed to like stifling it um so yeah I went to Salem High School for uh, the uh, Visual Performing Arts Academy um it's cool to see the Governor School of the Arts across the hall because I did their summer program at Radford um and have just art has always been a major part of my life uh, backgrounds in painting and printmaking but now I do a lot of craft and fiber work uh, with wool so that's like my that's my thing these days. I'm still a painter at heart, just don't paint that much anymore. Did you study art or did you study something else? Uh, at, in college or before? Both. Uh, be- so I, in middle or elementary school, um, Mrs. Richardson was my art teacher. And she, I like to credit her, I wouldn't say completely for my I guess journey into art but definitely someone who kind of helped light the fire mm-hmm. um, she was always super supportive and encouraging and actually encouraged me to apply to um, Old Donation Center now it's called Old Donation School um, so that's where I went for once a week every week in middle school and it was kind of like this outside program that let me do art all day. So I got to leave my home school, which I was happy about because I was never really into science. Um, and I think that was the, we always f- fell on a B day and that were my, those were my B day classes. But yeah, I got to do art. It was uh, clay and painting, um, drawing and sculpture. And that school encouraged all of us to either apply to Governor's School or Salem. Uh, Salem's Academy so I always found myself in like in these programs outside of like normal day curriculum that were just based in art um so then once I was at Salem I knew I wanted to be an artist I I let kind of surrounding voices from peers with the what are you gonna do with an art degree and I was like oh I don't know what can I do an art degree and then we went to visit VCU um, and there was just something about like visiting the studios and like looking at the students interact in the studio. And I was like, no, this is what I want to do for the next four years. I will figure out the rest of it, but this is what I'm going to do. Um, so I majored in painting and printmaking and I had no idea that I would get into craft. Um, so for freshman students you aren't in your major immediately you take an arts foundation you take arts foundation courses so it's like painting sculpture sculpture drawing and time studio which is like audio and and video um and then you have to take project courses which are like 
four weeks out of the semester just to kind of like test your feet in different departments to see what you'd like. I knew I was going to do painting for one project class because I was like very certain that I was going to be a painter. Um, I wanted to take metals as a second project class, but it was closed. And then there was fiber open, which I had no interest in. And I was like, well, let me see. Let's just see what fiber's about. Um, I kind of was like very nonchalant about it, but it was very interesting. Um, it challenged me in a way, and which it, fiber still continues to do. But I think it was cool to become familiar or to work with materials that we're familiar with in one sense, but apply them very differently. Um, so then I decided to minor in craft and material studies. And that was how I picked up fiber, which was a long answer to your question, but I feel like I kind of had to like go through the no, timeline of so my life. So PCU product is what I'm hearing too. Yeah, yeah. Got it. So that's this magical place, it seems like, for yeah. creativity and uh, art. What, um, maybe what did you learn there, maybe going, what, going in, you maybe, you know, you knew you wanted to be there four years, but like, right. what did you learn? What, what was like the takeaway from uh, there? Did, did you go in with a skill and did they sharpen that skill? Or did you go in and you saw other creatives yeah. um, and, and you were able to, you know, build a network and kind of, you know, create context that way? How did the experience kind of shape you? Um, like what's the, what's the value proposition? I yeah, guess? I think that VCU's campus is appropriately in within Richmond's arts community. Like it's very well acquainted with all outside things. So it doesn't just feel like you go to VCU, you're in VCU, your network is just your peers or your classmates. Um, they're, I think they're very good at exposing you to the resources that are within that little hub or city that you're in. Um, and encouraging you to find ways to interact with those resources or take advantage of those resources. So I think that one of the, the biggest things I took away was kind of going after any opportunity that was around me um, and being, becoming very comfortable with applying myself to those opportunities and not being afraid of failure or no like I, I, I remember at some point in my life I used to be terrible at receiving rejection and now I'm like well if they say no they say no but I'm gonna ask anyway um, and I think that the professors there being practicing artists and kind of like being very transparent about what they're still applying to the work that they're still making um, the opportunities that they're either being granted or not granted allowed us to feel comfortable to just say okay you know this is what I want to do I'm going to shoot my shot whenever I can um, and finding ways to kind of broaden our network outside of just visual artists um, so collaborations um, kind of all of those sorts of things I think were things I picked up I think that making art was something that I was comfortable, like I felt pretty good about going into VCU. And of course I got better, but I think understanding myself as an artist outside of just the studio, but like what, how am I an artist in other ways and how am I interacting with other artists or people um, in my field, outside of my field. So I think all of those things were kind of what they helped us to consider if we were gonna like really try to make this thing work. No, I love that. Um... What were some of the first um, memories with you presenting your art? Like, 
you can make art is yeah. probably one thing. Right. Presenting the art and having others appreciate it is something probably different. Yeah. Can you talk about like the first time you maybe had your first show or yeah. the first time you showed it to your best friend? What's the... So I've got a couple stories. <laughs> um, so, of course, me speaking about rejection, um, my mom loves to talk about this. So at Salem... And I think that they, so I know they still do the Neptune Festival mm-hmm. each year. I don't know if they still open it uh, to high school students, but when I was in high school, um, we could enter in with our school and have like our little section where we put our art up and they, it would be judged um, within the realm of students. Yeah. Um, and I used to like make a bunch of paintings over the summer and I was just like, I know I'm gonna win something and like just super excited the number of people that would come by my little area and like these adults that were like really interested in the work I was making and I would just like feel really good I was like okay you know what this is gonna be the year <laughs> and then I wouldn't win anything and my mom would like you know she wasn't really the best in like not letting me think about it that way she would kind of be like oh well you know that's just uh what is that even art anyway and I'm like right so it was like a very bad attitude to have so it's like we teamed up together um and like I would just be like super pouty and I remember her like taking me to Red Robins and I was like she was like you know what let's just go get dinner it'll make you feel better um I don't react that way anymore (laughs) which is it's good I think it shows the level of of growth and maturity on my end um but yeah, those those Septembers right after summer break and being really excited to show the work that you'd made outside of school, um, that is a memory. I remember giving my first presentation um, senior year at VCU. Uh, it was like a thesis class and we had to go over presenting our work and it had to be five to 10 minutes. And when I get nervous or when I, so I'm much better at public speaking now then when I would get nervous I would just speed through everything and I would talk really fast and I remember looking at the clock and like the mic is still in front of my face and I was like shit that was only three minutes (laughs) (laughs) I think we've all been there and I look up and everyone's looking and they're like did she just say that I was like well this is my work like it was like slightly embarrassing and then the our teacher at the time she had us write on little cards for each person like what were their strengths what were their weaknesses what you think about their work and everyone was like you know we liked what you said but try to slow down a little bit and I was just like how do you do that when you're nervous um and I, I guess I've learned that just practice and yeah. like I, the more that I do public speaking, the more comfortable that I feel. Five minutes doesn't seem so intimidating anymore. Um, yeah, so those are two presentation and the first show. Those are the two memories that like kind of make me laugh, but make me feel good about where I am now. How did you uh, kind of get your first client or like how did you get someone to, you know, buy your art? Or, like what's the first, uh, how do you get the first sale? Yeah, the- first surprising so the first my parents are like my number one fans they are always championing my work like in their workplace and I think the first piece that I sold it was a commission from someone that my mom works with um and what's funny about that and I still like kind of get on my mom to this day like her mindset of thinking I charge too much or like she just it 
I think that lots of people can do it in thinking like, that's how much that costs. And I remember that painting I made for that woman. I forgot how much I charged. My mom didn't agree with it. And of course she's taking it to work. Um, so I don't remember interacting with the person outside. Like my mom was like my middle man. Your mom was your she agent. She would never be that again. <laughs> so she was my agent. And I remember she came back and she's like, well, I just thought that that was a little too high. So I told her it was this price. And I'm like, well, you got to pay the difference. Like you can't, you can undersell my work. Love so that. yeah, I don't. That's a key lesson right there. Yeah. Too, is that I think so often we're different, you know, it's a challenge if you're creating something to price it or mm-hmm. a service. And, yeah. You know, the idea is like, yeah, you know, price is so, you know, you put the work in and right. you create a value for it. So, you know, you kind of have to, you know, stand behind that. So I like, I like that lesson. Yeah. Um, so that was the first, um, the most recent that I'm very excited about because I just finished it last Monday and dropped it off on Tuesday. Um, I think I was, I told you about this before, um, the Quirk Hotel opening yeah. in Charlottesville. Um, thank you. Yeah. I finished that piece, turned it in and I was just like, I can breathe. <laughs> How long does a piece like that take if you're working on something for a hotel or gallery like you know how how is your process like start to finish yeah so um it really depends on well of course scale but aside from that it depends on what else I have going on so what I realized about my fall or I guess you could say like last quarter of 2019 I completely overbooked myself Mm. and I made everything work sounds like a good thing yeah but then it's also like gosh, I'm exhausted. And I, like, it starts to become a little nerve wracking with hoping you're going to meet the deadlines that you committed to. Mm. Um, so with the quirk piece, I, even though we had talked about it and they asked me over the summer, um, and I was like, of course I interned with them during undergrad. So I've kind of maintained this relationship with them, which has been really great. Um, but I was like, yeah, I'm just, that's gonna, but I'm going to start it in December because no, like October, November is going to be crazy for me. I can't even think about something due in January right now. So um, that piece, I think I underestimated how long it was going to take because I've made a piece like that before. So I was kind of thinking of it in that way, but also completely not considering that the first piece was, I think, like 31 inches in width. And this piece was seven feet in width. <laughs> so, of course, they're not going to take the same amount of time. Um, so, all of my December was spent working on that piece. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I can get things done working very consistently. And when I say consistently, I mean, like, several, a couple hours a day, every day until it gets done. I would like to be able to spread things out. But then it's like, okay, then you committed to doing this and then you said you're going to do that and now someone wants you to teach here so it's like okay I'm still learning how to like maintain some kind of balance with my schedule um yeah I don't even know if I answered your question no that's great okay (laughs) time I mean projects can be a day they can be a month yeah yeah 10 years so with my I make know like that's you know yeah I make these large heads and everyone's always asking yeah so I mentioned being a sculptural fiber artist so the process that I do is called needle felting um and I use rovings of wool 
and this really sharp needle and it's literally just poking it over and over and the needle is kind of infusing those fibers to connect so that's how I can work sculpturally with it so I don't have to glue or sew it's like allowing the wool to form and then the needle is holding it together because those fibers are fusing um, so I start my first needle felted piece was my junior year. I've been felting for about six years now. Um, I've always wanted to work three-dimensionally. Um, I was intimidated by sculpture. I'm gonna kind of like go around and then get back to your answer um, for a minute. But I was always intimidated by sculpture. So when I learned needle felting, I think the first thing I made was like a little heart. Um, it was like an exercise in, in the class I was taking. And it was like this light bulb went off and I was like, this is, this is for me. I can do two, I can do 3D things now. My paintings were always figurative. So like I immediately thought of dolls. Um, so I started making those first. And then over the years, my work with wool has grown not only in scale, but how I'm working with the material. So aside from them just being something that stand on their own on a pedestal or a shelf, um, I started making wearable work. Um, so these large masks that have become very interactive and have been a part of performances um, and photography. Um, I started doing life-size dolls and it's just been that material and how I'm able to think about the ways in which it can exist has been far more exciting and challenging than the point. I think with painting, it was like, okay, I know how to paint a person really well what's next? And I wasn't sure how to answer that. But with wool, it's like, I could do this, I could do that, I could teach this. Um, someone can wear it, someone can perform it. How are they performing in it? It's like all of these additional questions that allow me to figure out the answers. And that's really exciting. Um, so that's the kind of work that I make. How did I get to that question? What were we talking about? Um, we were going on time. And then yeah, we yeah, okay, yeah. So the projects. mass, when people see the large heads, they're always like, how long did that take? And I, or how long does it take to make something like that? And I'm like, oh, it depends. Like I've made one in like 30 hours because a friend of mine who I work with a lot, she's a dance choreographer. She needed a smaller mask to travel with than the one that I had. And she's like, I'm starting like this self-directed uh, produced tour. And I just, I really need something that I can go from city to city and do these performances with. And I was like, oh. I could do it for you and I just like knocked it out do I want to work that way no so usually like a week to two weeks to make one um but like I said it just really depends on the my bandwidth I guess <laughs> yeah. no it's fair yeah what um I had a couple different points I was going with next yeah maybe uh maybe talk about some of the other places where your art is uh is is found right now where, where mm -hmm. are some other places so I have pieces permanently installed at the Color Girls Museum in Philadelphia. Um, let's see. There's some work on consignment in Richmond. Um, it's interesting because like, it's like kind of like this slower refresher time. So if you'd have asked me that question of the summer. Or even just places it would have been that like, you've worked in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been very fortunate enough to not just show work in Virginia or just in Hampton Roads in Richmond, which is always really great because I think that that's another way to like kind of broaden my reach. Um, so I have shown 
in over the summer I've shown in Seattle um, this smaller space called Wanawari. It's kind of like a house turned uh, art space in their downtown area. I had work in Grand Rapids, Michigan, as well as Ann Arbor at the University of Michigan. Um, I've shown in DC and in Maryland. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Um, in Tennessee. I don't think I've shown in New York before. Um, I've shown abroad. I did a, a, this really cool residency. So VCU has a, uh, a sister campus in Doha, Qatar. Uh, I was there for nine months and it ended with a solo exhibition. So that was my first solo show ever. It was like right after graduation. So it was like this really nice boost. I'm like, okay, I can, I can do this. <laughs> um, because right before graduation, everyone's like, what are you going to do once you graduate? And I was like, please stop asking me that question. And then like a week later, I found out I got the residency. And I was like, that's what I'm doing after graduation. And it was just super cool. It's my first time abroad. Um, so that was the first time my work was seen like outside of home VCU's campus, which was super cool. Um, yeah, I think those are all of the places outside of Richmond and, and the show next door with Offsite was actually the first solo show or first time I've shown my work in a professional setting outside of graduating in Hampton Roads, which is super cool. Um, That's awesome. How did that come about? Uh, they have their call per for proposals that they send out um, through the Norfolk Arts like social media and website, and I applied, I think last year or maybe early last year and I actually applied with a very different set of work that I ended up exhibiting um, it was going to be some life-size doll pieces that I showed in um, Fort Washington Maryland and then I was like I really want to show this other really cool project that has been like it has felt very important to me um, and super powerful and I was like you know can I can I switch up from what I submitted and uh, Dorothy was like, well, let me talk to everyone else. And they were cool with it. So I was like, perfect. Um, and I was really happy with, with being able to show that group of work. And do you have like mentors or advisors or uh, people that you go to? Yeah. Um, I think that I, the word mentor sometimes applies to like fellow artists, depending on the conversation. Um, I have a few, there was this woman that I met, her name is Joan Gastad. Um, she was a visit, so I took this critique class in my senior year and, uh, my professor brought her in with this other guy, um, Paul, I don't remember his last name, but Joan really took on to my work and then we kind of have formed this relationship where now we're friends and she's definitely taken the seat as a mentor. Um, she is still practicing art and finishing up a book. So it's just really cool to see her like span of a career. Um, and where she's at at her age, 64, still making, still showing, um, and then to be so open with me. So she's definitely one. Um, there's a woman named Alicia who goes by Sunny, but she works at Tidewater. I don't know if I've ever told her she's my mentor, but in my heart, she's definitely my mentor. <laughs> That's okay, too. Sometimes yeah. you're a mentor, and, you know, it's just like you... Yeah, yeah, but she... form that relationship. Yeah, so I think that's how a lot of my mentorships 
start. Like it is rarely, I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I've said, hey, can you be my mentor? It's just been like this feeling of appreciation for the exchange and understanding like I'm learning a lot right now. Um, So yeah. I like it. What what are you doing that's getting the word out? Because I think you know, you have an Instagram feed, you have a website that's very nice and curated. Mm-hmm. What type of things are you doing, I guess, that get more commissions or get more, uh, you know, call for artists yeah. type of opportunities? I am learning that I have to attend more events. And I've done really well with that in the past six months. Before then, I would go if I wanted to, if I knew the person that was showing. Um, But I'm realizing that these social things that are outside of me making are just as important as me making. And I've noticed the, um, I guess, benefit of that already in, like, meeting people and those turning into opportunities. And I'm like, okay, this is obviously something I should have been doing, but it's okay because I know now. And how can I keep doing it? And finding ways to maintain relationships with these people that I'm fostering exchanges with at these events. So I think that that has been a very good way for me to kind of promote myself. And even if I'm not going, I don't necessarily... Well, I guess there's nothing wrong with going in with saying you're promoting yourself, but sometimes it's just going to a friend's show to support her work and then realizing I'm bumping into someone. Like this happened, um, uh, my friend Mahari had an, uh, an exhibition and opening in Richmond and I went and she, I met a couple people that I uh, had seen before, so it was cool to talk to some new faces, but her mentor is... The, he's on the commission, the board of the Commission of the Arts, and I just received a fellowship from them. And I was like, oh, wow, that's cool that we're in the same... Yeah, so I'm, I think that happens a lot where I'm realizing there's like this thread that's woven through a lot of the relationships more so than I am aware of. And like being present in those moments are how I kind of like have these aha moments. What's something you learned last year? Um, key learning, it could be something you learned about the art it could be something that you learn from maybe working with a gallery Mm -hmm. Mm. that's the first question you stumped me on (laughs) we learned a lot about instagram last year we learned that instagram is word of mouth Mm -hmm. you know on one million you know it's literally like the same format of like a networking event but just like always on because it's always on a feed or it's always on a story yeah. This Ooh. year we kind of learned about audio a little bit. And uh-huh. learned, um, you know, it's very similar. I mean, there's a whole um, community of people that are looking for depth and mm-hmm. they can kind of connect more with, you know, audio words, yeah. even more so potentially than. Uh, a picture yeah. and still just like even if they do connect to that picture they can go deeper on what that picture really is by like listening to you know 20-30 minutes about that picture or about that yeah. video I would say that I learned 
how to be, or maybe not necessarily how, but learning that I should or need to be very intentional with like with each thing that I'm a part of um, whether it's speaking at something whether it's teaching for something showing somewhere like understanding like that's kind of like all a part of my brand mm-hmm. and to be intentional with like kind of how I show up I think that was something that I've learned if that makes sense it does yeah what are you looking forward to in 2020 um more opportunities um i really want to uh my goal like two years ago which i'm realizing it's okay that the goal has been pushed into the following years is to uh, publish my children's book um and i actually had a really good conversation with an artist we were connected by cork because we both do work with them and i asked them a question and they were like we can't answer that but we know someone who can which was great so we sat down and had coffee last uh this past saturday and she does a lot of illustrating so i feel really good with kind of like opening back up the box of this book i think i kind of put it on the back burner because i wasn't sure what to do like after i illustrated it i wrote it i don't know where to go now (laughs) and it's a little intimidating when you're stepping into a new world that you're unfamiliar with but that conversation left me feeling very confident about like how I need to go about the next steps. So I'm hoping that it's going to happen this year. Perfect. Where can listeners connect with you and where can they find you? Where can they follow you? Yeah. So I um, try to be very present on Instagram. Um, I have two. I have a doll page. It's D four dolls. Um, the four is just F O R. And I have a personal Instagram, which I post more of my conceptual work outside of my doll pieces, which is my first and middle name, Nastasia Ebony. Nastasia is N-A-S-T-A-S-S-J-A, and then Ebony. Fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me.